It's, it's a great verse, and uh, I'm 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 kind of caught. Um, I don't even know how to, I, because you you know there's things you can't express that God does in your life. You know, it's it's like okay, now let's try to express it. And the only way I could come across it was to talk about the promises of God. So when I was in Guatemala. I I didn't sleep well, uh, which uh, neither here nor there, but I, I woke up at four in the morning every morning. Uh, after a long day, kind of a long day, um, and you know, at first you try to fight yourself back to sleep. Anybody else have problems sleeping? Uh, and you fight yourself back to sleep. I have this great app. I, I won't talk about it. But um, it, it can actually knock me back out. Um, but I didn't use it. Instead, I decided I'd just get up and, and spend extra time with the Lord. <laughs> so instead of an hour, let's go three hours. <laughs> uh, and I, man, I, I, was, I was transformed. It was like, I don't know, like two and a half years of Garbage was like lifted off my. I mean, I, I, I've. It was like during COVID, I became blind in some ways, and it was just you know there was there was a spirit with COVID. I don't know if you guys know that it wasn't just it wasn't just the madness of the world or sickness or health or whatever. It, there there was a spirit that entered our our time on Earth. And along with that, I mean, it's, it's hindered so many Christians. I mean, obviously, I, I, I talk with other pastors, you know, uh, at least a third of every church in America, and I don't know about the world, uh, people have stopped assembling for the purposes of worshiping together. At, at least a third, right? And we've obviously experienced that. We can see that today. Uh, and, and then, so... Part of this was a strategy of the enemy, obviously, to, to carve people out because that's what he does. Kill, steal, destroy, isolate, um, or get in our head. <laughs> so that we start thinking about stuff that messes with us. Anyway, I, all of a sudden, I, I got clarity. I got vision. I've got the, the word of God became like super alive. Like, ooh, wow. Every verse is like super awesome. Uh, I, I, w- I was reading in both English and Spanish, and a little bit of Hebrew on top. <laughs> you know, I was I, I concentrated on the 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 twenties Psalms. Uh, I just read them over and over and over, uh, experiencing uh, David's passion for God and the prophetic edge that that he saw Christ in, and uh, man. Thank God. Uh, so anyway, so I, 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 the only thing I could come back to was that this is part of God's promise, and I needed to return. It was, it was like in uh, Romans chapter one, verse eleven. Is you know, Paul's like, I long to see you because I want to impart a gift to you, a spiritual gift, and and I kind of get that that sense like, 
oh, I, I, I just want to give you what I got. Because I know that overall, so many people's minds have been clouded by this spirit. So I wanted to talk about that, but in the context that there's, well, depending on who catalogs it, some people think there's at least 8,000 promises of God. There's a bunch of lists on the internet of at least 3,000 promises of God in the Bible. Uh, there's some short lists in the 300s. Um, there's some super short lists, the top 50. <laughs> and then there's like the top five, you know, top five promises of God. You know, it, you know if you look up promises of God on the internet, you'll get a lot of stuff. But if we don't live by the promises of God, then we start to move towards not understanding what, where our faith meets God's faithfulness. That kind of came to my mind. Is like the promises of God is when God speaks, you know, faith comes by hearing. God speaks. We add our yes to what he's saying, and then God's faithfulness comes together, and boom, he does things that are beyond what we can ask or imagine. That, there, you know, and so I haven't been, you know, what I realized, I haven't been living by the promises of God. You know, I was reading Psalm 23, and David's like, God, my Lord, is my shepherd. And we got some good uh, experience with that because on our our plane trip over there, it got canceled uh, to Guatemala. And... I, I was I was a little grumpy. When you got a group of eighteen, you're trying to kind of get you know get around. I wasn't super grumpy. I was just like, okay, God, we're just going to go with we're just going to roll with whatever we roll with. I wasn't really grumpy, um, but I was questioning. It's like, come on, Lord, we paid a lot for these tickets. <laughs> I want to get the, I want I want the flight to just go go smooth. Um, but then I heard the Lord say, you know, I'm shepherding you through every part of your life. Every situation that comes into it, Jesus is leading. So if it's bad, you're like, Jesus, I don't, why are we going down to the valley of the shadow of death right now? Uh, it wasn't that bad. Uh, the hotel was not up to my standards, but uh, that's another, another story. Uh, I could tell you that story, uh, but I won't. Anyway, uh, but what was funny was, uh, the, the airline did put us up in a hotel. It was, it was an experience. It was a trial. Um, but it was paid for. And, and I, I, as I was reflecting on it, it's like, well, the Lord's just saving us money. He's like, I was going to pay for a hotel in Guatemala, but now the airlines are picking it up. So it's not quite the same. But, uh, and so I just started uh, having that perspective of everything that we were challenged with was, this is the Lord's leading. There's an interesting thing, and obviously I'm not in my notes yet. (laughs) But uh, as I was uh, reading uh, the psalm in, in Spanish, the the way that it's translated there is that the, the Lord is, is my shepherd. Nothing is missing. And that's way better. See, everything in Spanish is better. 
it, it's like that's uh, because that's what we always think when we're when we're going into challenging times. We're going something's missing, you know. I'm missing something. God, you're you know something. You know, it's not just a lack. It's like it's missing. And it says, no, when the Lord's your shepherd, nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking. That's a promise we stand on. Then how come I look at my bank account and I'm like, looks lacking to me. (laughs) Because we haven't embraced the promise. And that's what we want to talk about. So you guys ready? We're embracing the promise today. Um, I want to, this is it. I want to impart a life, the rest of our lives, to embrace the promises of God and to seek them out and to search them. And every, just like Leonard was saying during our sacred reading, when we read Psalm 91, we just say, yes. We just say, amen, I'll take that. Yes? Huh? Because if we live by the promises of God, then we, I mean, that's the thing. It just keeps coming to me. That's when you say yes to God. And when you say yes to God, then faith is activated. When faith is activated, you experience God. And what every Christian wants and what every person in the whole world wants is to see God move. Right? What the world's lost, you know, what they're trying, you know, scrambling for is to see God move. And the way we get a chance to see it is when we say yes to the promise of God and, and, and start to walk in it. All right. Oh, I put down there. So, Paul wrote, this I got to give you just a little bit of background. Remember, it says no matter what, how many are the promises of God, they're yes. But what if you read up above where this uh, chapter starts, the very first chapter of Second Corinthians, Paul explains that his world is out of control. Uh, he says, "I'll say." He says, "I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we've experienced. Uh, we're under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure." So we are spared of life. Indeed, we've received a sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. See, the, this whole concept of the promise is like, oh, Lord, I love sitting on my couch and experiencing the promises of God. Send more money. Send, send more potato chips. Whatever. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know. It's in the midst of the trial. It's when you're despairing, there's nothing left except the promises of God. That's where he's going with this, and it's just, it, it blows our mind because that's when our life works or should work. We had an experience when we were in Guatemala, and, and uh, the director there, she's, she's like, when COVID hit, we just went into you know, double mode. And I was thinking, when COVID hit, I went into half mode. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, I just, you know, it's like, let's maintain, let's try to survive. And she goes, when COVID hit, we just like, you know, pressed the gas, you know, to the, to the floor and said, let's do this thing. And they, they did way more ministry than, you know, they had ever done before. That, you know, that, and, and I thought, shoot. <laughs> I wasted an opportunity to press the gas. <laughs> Instead, I just put it in park. And I was thinking, man, what a waste of life. See, that's what happens if you don't embrace the promises of God. We should have, from the beginning, just said, <laughs> COVID, whatever. What does God, how does he want to build his kingdom in the middle of it? And sorry, 
guys, I led you in a shrinking back exercise, <laughs> which <laughs> unfortunately is something I've done before. Next time. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, the president said we'll have a new pandemic soon. So uh, as long as... <laughs> so this time, when it comes, say, remember, we're going to do that promises of God thing instead of whatever else you think it might be a good idea. Okay. So, but then he says, we, and I love that. That's one of my favorite verses. But this happened. We might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. <laughs> it's like, even if they kill us, awesome. <laughs> and most of us aren't quite there yet, right? Okay. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to us in answer to the prayers of many. That's also one of my favorite verses because I always ask God, how many prayers does it take before you answer? Anyway, and then we come to the verse that says, no matter what, <laughs> no matter how many of the promises of God. So it wasn't in, it wasn't in a very, it wasn't in an easy place that he talked about this. He was saying, actually, it's in the hard places that we trust the promises of God and that we find God in the middle of them. Okay, three quick points. The promises of God, which there may be 8,000 of them, are the compass of life. See, the problem is when we don't look at what God is saying or said, then we, we lose our true north, right? We start going, well, maybe I should go this way, or maybe I should go this way, or maybe I should shrink back, um, which, uh, which, which happens, right? But when we're staring at the promise of God and looking for them daily in our Bible reading, uh, we should be looking. Every time we read, we should say, oh, this is for me. And, I, and I, want, I want to mention that when I get to the second part, because I want to talk about owning God's promises is something, well, then I'm going to talk about how to get there. You guys ready? You want to own them? Yeah? Okay. Got one amen. I know. I, I know it's a short crew, but man, you guys should be jumping by now going, dude, I'm taking that promise. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just, you know, it's been two weeks, guys. I, I, it's, there's a lot inside this thing. All right. But it's, the promise is, is the true north. It's the compass. When God says, I'm doing this thing, that's what's true. Not what you're experiencing. You're, you're saying, man, I, I'm, I'm broke right now. But the Bible says, the promise says, I promise to provide for your every need. Right? According to my riches in glory. How much is the riches in glory? It's bigger than your bank account. <laughs> for sure. But it's everything we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm missing nothing. I lack nothing. What? But you're looking at lack instead of the promise. And then you, you take the promise and you watch God fill the lack. I love that. Okay. The promises are also an anchor because often we find ourselves in pain, beat up, disappointments, setbacks, disorientation, thrown off course, into trials. Anybody? Anybody? 
have those situations? <laughs> the promises are what keep us anchored and keep us from flying off the earth, right? Because we can look and say, God said, therefore, that is what is. And, uh, and there's a bunch of verses in the Bible that are promises that actually talk about that we are anchored uh, with God. Promises, of course, I've been talking about it, are a faith builder. Because, I, I don't know, I, every time we say yes to God, we start to see Him show who He really is. I mean, how many have, have had difficulty uh, with your finances? Anybody ever have that ever happen? Okay, it, it happens every once in a while. And I remember, it, you know, in some seasons of life where, uh, you know, I've always been a tither, uh, but there's been seasons where I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, the budget's not working this time. So you don't mind if I borrow uh, this tithe so I can actually pay my bills. You know, you have to add a fifth part back to it. It's like, man, that's going to, that's, that's worse than my visa. I better just put my tithe on my, anyway, uh, where was I? Uh, but when you act by faith and say, Lord taught me how, you know, he, he wants me to live by faith on 90%, then he will fill the lack, right? And how many times has anybody ever tested God in the tithe and watched God be faithful? Anybody, anybody, everybody, everybody. Okay, good. Everybody in this group, if you're online, all of us, uh, everybody, <laughs> okay. Because when we act by faith, then we see the hand of God, we see him do his, his work, and then we're like, oh, I, I need to trust 2,999 more promises because every time God acts. Okay, I, I put down here, uh, promises are a joy maker. Because when you trust the promises of God, I mean, he says, I put a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That's like when I used to take the kids to Disneyland. You know, you, you get the Disneyland tickets, but you're not quite there. You didn't get the hotel yet. It's like, I got my deposit. We're going to Disneyland. Okay? And we're, everybody's happy. Right? Anybody? No, nobody likes Disneyland anymore? I know, Disney. They, they've fallen out of favor with their, their, their situation, but God bless them. Uh, it's still the happiest place on earth, except the kingdom of God. So where were we? Okay, moving back. I haven't been there in a while. Jesus, help me. Okay, but promises are the joy maker. When, 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 when we read the promises of God, like Psalm 91, then we can say, no matter what is trying these arrows flying they're not going to hit me you know no matter what's coming into my life god is going to be there taking care so we can be joyful all right so here's uh where we get to it there's something called the reverse promises of god and these are the very whispers and shouts of satan in our life <laughs> kendra you may have been subject to the reverse promises of God. Because if you sing up there, then it welcomes the glory of God and the Spirit of God to, to fill this place in our hearts. And the enemy can say, yeah, yeah, you know, you're all just about yourself. And while I'm up here this morning, yeah, you know, you were worried about having something good to say. You didn't care if anybody 
got something out now. <laughs> you know, but, but we all get sucked up into the reverse promises of God, which are the lies of Satan. And the, promise is, the, the problem is, if we don't embrace the promises of God, what we have left is Satan's lies. <laughs> That's what we're going to fall to. That's our default. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know if God could ever use me. Oh, there's only, you know, certain, you know, this many people. I don't know if God could use 12 disciples today. How could that ever happen? <laughs> oh, you turn the whole world upside down? When, what does it take for God when we embrace the promises? Okay, so I've, I've received many of the reverse promises of God. Oh, God could never do that. You know, oh, he can't use you. Oh, you're getting, you know, first I was too young. You're too young to minister the gospel. Oh, no, you're too busy to minister the gospel. Now you're too old to minister to the gospel. No, that's the reverse promise. The, the promise of God is, last time I checked, it says, I've been anointed. He set his seal of ownership on me. He's put his spirit in my heart, guaranteeing what is to come. Are you kidding? Every one of us has ministry inside of us that is anxiously waiting for a person to be encouraged by, which will get me to the almost to the end. Okay, so owning the promises of God. Now, I have believed a reverse promise. When I read my Bible sometimes, I'm like, you know, it'll say, O Israel, O Zion, here's something great for you. You know, or, O Abraham, or O Moses, O Joshua. Joshua, be strong and courageous. I will fight, you know. And, and I'm like, yeah, that was great for him. What Paul is saying here is in Christ, all of a sudden, all of the promises of God in Christ. So if it's given to Israel, I can say, I'll take that. I'll take that one. Abraham, need more kids? <laughs> Sorry, hon. I'll take that. <laughs> At 100 years old, <laughs> we'll have, we have stories to tell. Anyway, <laughs> whatever it might be, we can take the whole thing. See, I didn't believe that because I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I was, when I went to Bible college, they told me how to read the Bible a certain way. And every time I come to it, it's like, that's what it says. That's what it means. That's how you interpret it. And certainly never take the promises of God out of context like Jesus did or like Paul did or like other people who read the Word of God and said, I'll take that. What does it say? No matter how many in Christ, they are yes, they are yours. You own them. You can take it. I'm excited about this because I want to live by the promises of God. Okay. Wow. So he says, yes. He says, they're yours. All you got to do is say yes. But that's not for me. The devil comes like, that one's definitely not for you. I don't want you to be prosperous. You know, you, you know right? And we're saying, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a no promise. Why does he state it this way? Why does he say they are, God has made these promises, yes. It's because there's too much in our heart that says, no, that's not for me. God doesn't want that for me. God doesn't want the best. Yes, he does. And he says, 
their amen. And amen, which Gio brought up, it means so be it, but it's so much more than that. In fact, I, I, I was reading this, uh, I think I put, read this quote. Here, here's a, a thing I read about amen. It says this, The word amen is the most remarkable word. It is transliterated directly, meaning directly from the Hebrew, into the Greek, into the Latin, into the English, into every language. So it's, it's practically a universal word. This is powerful to me. It's been called the best-known word in human speech. You can go to any place on the, on the planet and say, Amen, and people will know what you're saying. <laughs> right? The word is directly related, in fact, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe or for faithful. Thus it came to mean truly, surely, an expression of absolute trust and confidence. But you have to say it. You can't just let the promise sit there and go, man, that's a great promise. You have to say, I will take that. That's mine. Some of you are sick, you're hurting right now. Maria always encourages me because she, she's walking through her pain. And she's saying, I believe in God for the promise of my healing. Well, and, and, and that's what it says here, right? Is that we believe in the promises of God because we have a guarantee, guaranteeing what is to come. I mean, Paul's not talking temporal. It's both temporal, but he's talking eternal. That what we walk through, whether it's in pain, you know, he, he says we despaired of our very life so that we would trust God with these promises. You guys got it? Okay, so all the promises of God, which are yours, say yes. Say, I'll take that one. So whatever you're facing today, whatever it is, Say, thank you, Lord, I'll take that one. And when you, and I, and I mean literally, express your faith in God's word. This is, this is God's word. It's, it's, it's for you. When you do that, that's what all of a sudden God says, oh, Nate, now I can put your faith and my faithfulness together. God is absolutely faithful. Okay, here's my last point, though. How many people do you know that need someone to encourage them in the promise of God. Do you know anybody? Everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and those of us who now understand the first parts of this, we have a responsibility. What ministry is, is expressing the promises of God to other people who have now, who have been believing the reverse promise of God. Right? And we do, we have a gift and a responsibility to encourage one another and to encourage the people around us to be able to say, you can't see what God's doing in your life right now, but I can because of the Word of God, but also by faith that God is wanting to do an incredible work in each and every life on the planet. If we're here, God's still got incredible things for us.
And so I thought it would be great. We're going to uh, take communion today. Uh, I thought it would be great for us to share. I, I was. I, I always have visions of having more time on Sunday morning. <laughs> but every single one of us has a favorite promise. Or some some favorite promises, amen. And and this is what Jesus said, right? He says every time you, you take this, you do that. <laughs> you remember the promises of God. Is that He is He? You know, I don't talk a lot about sin. I, I I read a lot about sin, but I don't talk a lot about sin because I figure everybody's like me. I I think about my own sin. So, you know, this is beautiful. Okay, but we're not ready. You're you're ready for communion, and this is going to be awkward. But I need you to stand up, and I want you to share. I know you're like, okay, we're going to make a mess here. Uh, okay, let's do this. Sorry. You know, you know how you have these things planned or unplanned. We're going to receive a promise from God as we receive communion. But before we break, I want this is what I want you guys to do. Every one of us can be encouraged by a promise that God has spoken to us. And so this morning, maybe it's a verse or Psalm 91, I want us to be able to share with one another, this is a promise that God has spoken to me. I want to speak it back to you. Okay? Does that make sense? We'll, we'll get to that part. But right now... Lord, thank you that you taught the disciples <clears throat> that whenever we come to the table of the Lord, whenever we take this bread, it's a sign of your broken body that was given to us to heal us from our sin, from ourselves, and from the work of Satan to keep us from the fullness of the glory of God that you have for us. And Lord, we do confess our sins. We're mindful that we have fallen short of the glory of God. But we're also thankful that Jesus died so that we don't have to live in the shame and the misery of our sin. And Lord, we confess that we have fallen short, uh, even, even, even today. <laughs> and we ask, Lord, that you would uh, help us to understand your full forgiveness. Uh, of the, what that means, Lord, as we take this bread this morning. So, Lord, we thank you for your body given to us so that we can walk in freedom from our sin. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and take the bread this morning. And Lord, I, as we take the cup this morning, I'm thinking of this verse we read, that you anointed us and you set your seal of ownership on us, and you put your spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. That this cup represents that same thing. The blood of Christ poured into us, just like the Holy Spirit has been poured into us, guaranteeing that a, a complete life with you. So Lord, as we take this cup today, uh, may it be more than a symbol. May you energize us, uh, for uh, the the time ahead in our life, that you would do amazing things through your very promises. 
In Jesus' name, let's go ahead and take the cup. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now I want you guys to minister to one another with a promise from God. Now, you might be a, like a, fam- a favorite verse. I always have a favorite, you know, if I asked you what's your favorite verse, that's a great one to share with one another. But maybe as you're sharing with, with each other, uh, there's something in your heart that you, you want some prayer. Uh, encourage one another with the Word of God, with the, with the promises of God. So, okay, you guys ready? There's not many of us. Let's do it. All break up into small groups and let's make that happen. If you're joining us on YouTube, God bless you. Have a great day. We're going to uh, spend a little ministry time. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye.